Good morning and welcome to worship here at Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church on this joyous Easter morning. We are glad that you have found your way to this sanctuary, whether it be with your masks on and your feet or through Facebook Live. Uh, welcome here to worship. As is the tradition for Christian communities throughout history, on Easter morning, I will say, Christ is risen, and you will say, Christ is risen indeed. Christ is risen. Selwyn Avenue is an intergenerational community of faith, and we seek to know and serve one another and our neighbors with joy and hope. So we have a special welcome to those of you who are visiting this morning, and if you'd like to learn more about what it means to belong at Selwyn, please make sure to share your name in the chat feed on Facebook Live or be in touch with one of the pastors through Selwyn Avenue's website. We're glad you're here. A special thank you to our musicians and our our musical leaders, Fred Spano and Gay Pappen, for their continued music leadership. And also, we'd like to thank our guest musicians, our trumpeters this morning from UNCC, Andrew Bider and Kara Wagner. Thank you for being with us. I must note, it is Ivy Cherry's 28th birthday. His presence with us means a great deal. So, Ivy, happy birthday. If your mom is watching, we're glad you're with us as well. Uh, this morning, we're sending a special shout-out to Eric Winkenwerder, who's a member of Selwyn Avenue. He is recovering from pneumonia and in the hospital, and so his good friends, Christy and Stephen Lancaster, are here helping us with our sound and our lights. Thank you for being here as well. And if you would like to worship in person from here on out, please note that Selwyn hosts a 5 o'clock outdoor casual worship service with acoustic music or bluegrass at, at five o'clock in the evenings um, each week. Tomorrow our church offices will be closed but open again on Tuesday. Please be in touch with pastoral concerns or any other matters between now and then. And now let us prepare our hearts to worship God.
please rise as you are able in body or spirit and join me in our call to worship. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Give thanks to the Lord, for the Lord is good. The fast love endures forever. The Lord is our strength and might. Today the Lord has become our salvation. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Living God, on the first day of the week, you brought to birth a new creation through the glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. Fill us with the hope and joy of new beginnings so that we may share the good news of your liberating, life-giving power with all the world. Through Christ our Savior, who is alive and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit now and always. Amen.
righteousness, O Lord, that I may enter and give thanks to you. We give thanks to God He has answered us and has become our salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. With gratitude, let us confess our sin. Almighty God, in raising Jesus from the grave, you shattered the power of sin and death. We confess that we remain captive to doubt and fear, bound by the ways that lead to death. We overlook the poor and the hungry and pass by those who mourn. We ignore the cries of the oppressed and are indifferent to the calls for peace. We despise the weak and abuse the earth. Forgive us, God of mercy. Help us to trust your power to change our lives and make us new, that we may know the joy and abundance of life given in Christ, the risen Lord. Amen. Friends, hear these words of assurance from Isaiah 65. I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. I will rejoice and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard. Friends, believe in the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven.
Let us pray. Come now, O Lord, into a quietness that heals and listens. Open the tombs of our wounded hearts to the balm of your word. Speak to us in clear tones so that we might feel our spirits leap for joy and skip with hope as your resurrection witnesses. Amen. Our Easter gospel lesson this morning can be found in the Gospel of Mark. It's chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. Listen now for the word of God. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee, where you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement has seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Well, now what? Granny fell again, and there was no way we were going to send her back to that assisted living place. Don't get me wrong, she received good care, but no one could visit her during the pandemic, and we knew she was struggling. As Granny would have told you, this old Granny isn't going to worry about all that technology mess. Well, I don't blame her. Aren't we all weary of this technology mess? But a fall to the hospital led to a stint in rehab and isolation, which led to another fall, leading to another stay in the hospital alone. And the iPad was one thing, but this old granny was refusing to use her walker, too. Fiercely independent, with a mind of her own, maybe enough was enough. My sister called. She said, Lori, maybe you should come home. She had broken ribs and bruised arms and a fractured orbital bone in her face. Not sure what to expect, we met the ambulance as it delivered our disoriented and forlorn granny back to where it all began. Well, now what? A handmade quilt swallowed her frail body as if she were a wilting child. So much had been lost. Weight, time, memory, and evidently her hearing aids. She turned her head slightly and our eyes met and without speaking she slowly lifted her arm into the air as if to say, come on over here to this old granny. She wanted to touch my face. But granny had not been vaccinated and neither had we. I smiled because at least she knew exactly who I was, but I stood still. We were flickers of light, orbiting a beautiful wing-battered moth. Well, now what? 
I pray to myself, please, Jesus, don't let me be the one that exposes Granny to a lethal virus. The translucent skin on her hand was black and blue from the hospital pricks and prods, but the motion, it was clear. Her wrist was authoritative. The woman is 96. She knows what she wants. Yes, ma'am, I leaned in. We broke all the rules. To witness the gentle touch of her delicate fingers across my daughter's forehead and the contours of her youthful face, that affirmed Granny's choice. This old Granny, she'd rather die than be alone. It was worth it. We know it could have gone the other way. So much has been lost. So many have been lost. Now when a friend suffers from COVID-19 or loses a loved one, I share in their grief and I still question the choice that we made that day. Five months later, this old granny is vaccinated. Most days we find her eating butter pecan ice cream and watching very loud shows in her den. While she's almost 97 and very confident in the promises of the resurrection, it is true that touch deprivation and isolation and anxiety are ubiquitous byproducts of the global pandemic. Who doesn't have a granny? Who hasn't lost a loved one or known someone who has? Who hasn't felt paralyzed and nervous or anxious and unsure or exhausted and weary? Haven't we all been betrayed by the traumatic implications of suffering and sin and death this past year? Aren't we all reassessing what's most important and who really matters the most? I mean, which grief, which grief should we consider? The loss of relationships or traditions or worship or community or jobs? Loss of, loss of confidence or motivation or a sense of self? Loss of a loved one? There's so much grief. Which weapon should we consider? There's so many weapons. Deadly swords, sharp tones, cutting eyes, negative assumptions, placid indifference, oppressive policies, guns, knees, crosses. You know what I appreciate about Mark's version of the story? It is impossible for folks like us to misappropriate Easter as if the resurrection were simply another predictable ending of another predictable Disney movie, as Dr. Brian Blunt would allude. The tomb was empty and they lived happily ever after. Well, except they didn't. The very last sentence of the Gospel of Mark says this right here. It says they fled the empty tomb for terror and amazement seized them they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The end, fade to black. Friends believed the good news of the gospel. They were paralyzed in fear. Well, we know something about that. The truth is, folks have been terrified of Jesus since the very beginning. If you read the first 15 chapters, he preached in his hometown and his people rejected him. The, still, the storm was still and the disciples were terrified. He fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread, but they were confused. He encounters a possessed man with mental illness 
exiled to the tombs, he heals them, and they send him away because he was petrified. He challenges the hypocrisy of the religious authorities, and they were threatened. He speaks the truth at the Last Supper. They all hid. He confronts the corrupt political machine of Rome, and finally, they nailed him to a cross. If you hung around Jesus while he was walking around the dusty roads of Israel, there was plenty to be afraid of. Probably because they didn't quite understand what they were witnessing, but now... This morning, he's on the loose. Now, finally, they get it, and Christ is risen. Uh-oh. That means nothing, nothing can defeat the power of God's love and grace. Nothing can separate them from the love of God and Christ Jesus, not even death. Who wouldn't be terrified? You know what? If you aren't afraid of what Jesus is demanding of you, or calling you to do, or revealing to you about your need to connect, or share, or get real, or repent, or forgive, or embrace, or let go, if we can't see how courageous and risky it is to follow Christ into this broken, beat-up, beautiful world of ours, then we might want to reconsider what we're talking about here this morning because sometimes devotion to God is a sacrifice beyond our control or our comfort. I mean, it was over. They lost. He was dead. And do we honestly have the audacity to gather here by the Holy Spirit online and masked in our sanctuary and proclaim the resurrection, hope, new life this year with increased access to vaccines what does it mean for us to connect and to engage i suspect it's going to take persistence and practice and patience but perhaps more than that perhaps more than that it's going to take risk taking courage perhaps maybe for the first time in a really long time all of us know what it means to be truly vulnerable, in need of Christ's salvation on earth right now, not in hypothetical ways, but in tangible, real ways. I mean, Granny, Granny risked her life just to be hugged. I guess I was at risk too, but honestly, it was her life I put at risk. Who or what do you love so much that you would risk everything. For Christ, it was pretty clear. He touched lepers. He ate with tax collectors. He embraced marginalized women. Nobody was off limits. See, everybody, everybody has a granny or somebody like granny, but not every granny has access to care, much less access to a vaccine. By the power of the resurrection, Christ touches and heals and renews and forgives and walks ahead of us towards those who we are called to touch and heal and renew and forgive. But here's some more good news. At some point, at some point, those ladies who fled the scene that morning, eventually they found the courage to claim their voices. They couldn't have kept their mouths shut forever. Otherwise, how would we be telling the same story this morning, at some point, they took the risk and they spoke up. 
So now what? Easter calls you and me into the future, into the world with hope and liberation and courage and grace and, yes, even joy. This old granny, she tell us it's time to break the rules. Christ tells us it's worth the risk. So stay safe. Keep your masks on. But stretch those moth wings, church people. And let's go find those flickering lights. Christ is ahead of us. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Amen. Would you please pray with me? God of power and might, you have defeated death and we shout alleluia. Let all that we do today be a prayer of praise. In many ways, it feels like this is an Easter just like the others. With spring temperatures, new blooming flowers and grass, the sound of trumpets and hymns of joy, the preparing of meals and people starting to gather with loved ones again. But we pray that you will make this be an Easter like no other, after a year like no other. We understand suffering, despair, and isolation like no other Easter. Let us see and hear anew with resurrection eyes and ears. Let us discern signs of new life in the usual places, a baby, the beauty of nature, new vaccines, but also show us yourself in the unusual places. For who knows what we might find and where we might find you if we look. We're aware, Lord, that this, it is daunting to be resurrection people, especially as we read and watch the news. Our world is plagued with continued violence and poverty, suffering and despair. We drink in these stories with our morning coffee day after day, and we wonder where the Easter has gone. Close to home, we know loved ones who felt the sting of death in their families, people who struggle to survive the loss of a job or relationship, people entombed by depression and illness or the effects of this pandemic. Yes, our resurrection eyes are not blind to pain, and our resurrection ears are not deaf to cries of suffering. But as your resurrection people, we see your goodness that outlasts and overpowers any darkness we can experience or concoct. Easter is the hinge of the story, but not the end. You alone can roll away the stone. But we are called to run and to tell. We have seen the Lord come and follow, believe and live. If we don't, who will? Resurrect us, O God, of new life. Resurrect us from our complacency, our weariness, and our fear. We believe that you have the power to do it. And we begin now as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us for evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, Jesus withheld nothing from us. He gave us everything that he had. There was no risk too great on our behalf. During our anthem, I invite you to consider your risk, for following Jesus is risky. How is God calling you to serve? How can you give of yourself and your gifts in service to others? What does your discipleship look like? We have study opportunities available. We have neighbors in need of food and shelter and educational support. And you can find these opportunities in our bulletin, in the chat feed, or on our church website. Your financial gifts are also important to continue to nurture and care for all of God's disciples. Our text to give number is 704-734-9818, and there is an offering plate in the back of the sanctuary. Let us give out of our joy and gratitude.
join me as we dedicate our lives and our gifts back to God. Christ is risen. We give thanks for the gift of Easter that runs beyond our expectations, beyond our categories of reason, even more beyond the sinking sense of our own lives. We know about the powers of death, powers that persist among us, powers that drive us from you, our neighbors, and our best selves. We know about the powers of fear, greed, anxiety, brutality, and certitude, powers before which we are helpless. And then you, you at dawn unquenched, you in the darkness, you on Saturday, you who breaks the world to joy. Yours is the kingdom, not the kingdom of death. Yours is the glory, not the power of death. Yours is the glory, not the glory of death. We give thanks for the newness beyond our achieving. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Amen. Amen.